1: And a very happy Friday morning to you, September 15th, 7 a.m. David and Brenda with you on the Morning Blend. Last day of the week, middle of September. Well, hold on here. Got to adjust something.
2: Can you hear okay?
1: No, the EWTN mouse pad was turned the wrong way.
2: Oh, you can't have anything like that going on.
1: It's a square pad, but the letters were...
2: Upside down. Upside
1: down, right. That was throwing me off. (laughs) All right, I'm good now.
2: Oh, I'm so relieved. Yes,
1: thank you. Okay, I'm ready. Are
2: you ready to start the show, David? Hey, you
1: made it back safe and sound. <gasps> oh,
2: my goodness.
1: Mount Angel Oktoberfest yesterday. Wow. what a, You sent me a photo. <laughs>
2: <laughs> David, you are so popular down there. Oh, yes, I, I'm sure. I say, hi, I'm Brenda from the Morning Blend, and they're like... <gasps> I listened to you. Where's David? That's right. Where is he? <laughs> what an amazing day it was. It was a little warm. Let's just say that. 90 degrees. It got hot there on yeah. the grounds at uh, Oktoberfest, but lots of cool water. They had shade everywhere. Lots of places for you to sit down in the shade, too. So it, you know, once you got a little hot, you just sat down. You found a group of people to yeah. talk to. And... Hold
1: on a second. What? Judging by that photo, water... What? That, that's what you were drinking? Uh,
2: that was exactly what I was okay. drinking. So that was... I sent a picture of a friend of yours. Because yes. I was talking to him at St. Joseph's Church. He was with the uh, Knights of Columbus Council down in Salem. Hello, Eric. Thank you. Eric is a fantastic listener and great supporter of Matra Day Radio. He is a rolling billboard. Yes. Uh, he's got some Matra Day Radio paraphernalia on his truck, we'll say. Wonderful guy. So I took a picture with him because I said, I got to send this to David. And I did not look... <laughs> at the photo uh, before he, we walked away. And I'm like, oh, I got to send David that picture. <laughs> I promise you, I had not been drinking. Okay. But looking at that picture of me, I laugh so hard. <laughs> Sometimes you just don't take a good picture, do you?
1: <laughs> uh, I believe you, I guess. But anyway, you had fun.
2: Oh, what a just a great day! And that was just getting started. Yeah, they got a full weekend ahead of them. That's
1: right, right right on through Sunday. Did you see Monica Boxler?
2: I did see Monica, and she was running in what in a direction. Yes. And then the next time I saw her, <laughs> she was going in another direction. So I didn't get a chance to talk with her. But yes, all she was on hand, and so many wonderful people. I stuck around this year and watched the kids dance. Yeah, at the opening ceremony. Not fun. That was the best part yeah. of the day.
1: Sarah Kinsey, of course was with you she like knows the
2: she basically yeah yeah. queen of
1: mount angel she, knows, she everyone. knows
2: so many yes. people. It was wonderful, and it's wonderful to see so many priests there too, yeah. and and the monks from Mount Angel come down. Uh, we saw Father Ralph. Brother Charles was there. Mm-hmm. Father Jaspers. Oh yeah, I got a chance to talk with him a little bit. Father too. David
1: Jaspers. Yes. Yeah. Nice. He was there. I had a Excellent. good. He
2: was uh, donning a very nice cap and a vest very for the nice. day. He brought his whole staff down. Really? They said it's, uh, I think, Ascension Church. Oh yeah, Uh, right here in Portland. It's it's their day at Mount Angels, so they all went down. Excellent. So it was a lot of fun.
1: I don't want to steal all your thunder because we're going to talk about it in the second cup here, correct? Uh,
2: That's right. In our second cup, because it was so late last night that I got home, I'm already down a a cup (laughs) of coffee. So second cup's going to be rolling around about eight ten today. So listen up, and you'll be listening to some of uh, what I was able to do this uh, yesterday.
1: Better get another uh, pot brewing, I guess. Yeah, yeah. it's, a, it's one of those you're days. You're going to need that. Well, I'm glad you had fun. So 90 degrees, at least that's what I saw for Portland yesterday. 91 today. Yeah. So it's going to be another hot day. Then it starts to cool off a little bit for Saturday. So, uh Yeah, that's great, though. A lot of fun.
2: So I did also run into Deborah, our uh, administrative assistant and her family there. Uh, Her mother said that it was actually very nice and pleasant inside the Fest Halls.
1: So if you're
2: going to go to Mount Angel, be sure to get the pass to go into the Fest Hall.
1: Speaking of uh, Deb's mom, we got to thank her, Martha, for the flan that she made early this week for Deb's birthday. I talked to her about that. In fact, Brother Charles
2: was standing with me. I said, This woman brought in the best flan I have ever had in my life. So good. It was really good.
1: Yeah. So anyway, lots of fun stuff happening. Big weekend ahead. I guess we better get the show rolling here. Lots to do.
2: Uh, So what do you have coming up? After being banned from a California school district, a court rules they must allow fellowship of Christian athletes to return to the public schools
1: all right and we will talk about a phone scam going on out there to give you a warning about that
2: all right we got a great show ahead for you on this friday morning here is danielle noonan the road less traveled and we are david and brenda on the morning blend right here at matzer day radio the bridge between your faith and everyday life
3: Speak to me and rest your weary soul Like the night you cover me On the roadless travel On the roadless travel
1: That is Daniel Noonan and the door or the road. <laughs> I got to adjust my eyes. That's Daniel Noonan. The Road Less Traveled, not The Door Less Traveled. You
2: can't read your own handwriting, can I, I can't, can't read you? my
1: own handwriting, The Road Less Traveled. <laughs> it's David and Brenda with you on this Friday. You know, today is the feast day of Our Lady of Sorrows. It today. is. In fact, we talked with Miriam Marston yesterday about Our Lady of Sorrow. so I certainly want to recognize that today as well. Coming up, going to talk to our good friend Ed Longwa, Catholic Charities of Oregon. He has an event that he's actually doing Looking forward to hearing about that right after the forecast
5: Good morning. Please join me, Father Martin King, pastor of St. Thomas More Catholic School and parish in this morning prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. O God, enlighten my mind with truth, inflame my heart with love, inspire my will with courage, enrich my life with service, pardon what I have been, sanctify what I am. Order what I shall be, and thine shall be the glory, and mine eternal salvation. Through Jesus Christ my Lord. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. God bless. For more prayer resources, please visit
6: our website at materdayradio.com or check the prayer section
1: on the new Hail Mary Media app. The Benedictine Brewery Room is a place of hospitality and fellowship, a place where all who come are welcome and where the peace of nearby Mount Angel Abbey permeates. Come for the beer, return to share the spirit of the monks of Mount Angel who brew craft beer in the tradition of the Belgian monks of old using local waters and hops grown on Abbey land. Taste and
7: believe. Learn more at benedictinebrewery.com. That's benedictinebrewery.com. Matrade Radio congratulates the Grotto on 100 years of peace, prayer and natural beauty. Experience the centennial celebration for the national sanctuary of our sorrowful mother, the grotto. This historic year kicks off with an outdoor mass in the plaza at noon on Sunday, September 17th, with Servite prior Provincial Eugene Smith as celebrant. Exceptional events will fill the centennial, including uplifting concerts, insightful presentations, liturgical remembrances, new exhibits, and the largest Christmas festival of lights ever. Keep up with everything happening happening throughout this incredible year on the community calendar at matradayradio.com and the Hail Mary media app, or visit thegrotto.org. It's been 100 years in the making. Celebrate a century of peace, prayer, and natural beauty at the national sanctuary of our sorrowful mother, the Grotto, with Matraday Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life.
2: It is 713 here at Day Radio. Temperatures cooled down last night. It was kind of pleasant, but we are heading back up to hot temperatures today. By lunchtime, we're already going to be at 76 degrees, topping out this afternoon at 91 open up a window overnight we're going to drop off to 58 degrees saturday a little bit better another sunny day but we stay in the mid 80s yeah uh, so that should be a little bit better and then sunday we're dropping all the way to 77 so it sounds like though pretty nice weekend ahead.
1: 77 about average for this time of year, so we're running a little hot right now, needless to say. Hey, on her feast day, 57 degrees at Our Lady of Sorrows Church in Portland.
2: And it is also 57 degrees at Holy Redeemer Catholic Church in Vancouver.
1: Well, with nine decades of service to the community, Catholic Charities of Oregon continues to provide help and create hope for those in need. Ed Longwa knows all about those efforts. As the former managing editor of the Catholic Sentinel newspaper, Ed inked many a story about Catholic Charities. And now as a communications director of Catholic Charities, he gets to tell even more stories about the organization's good works. Ed joins us this morning to tell us about a presentation he's giving on September 27th. Hey, good morning, Ed. Good morning, David. Always great to talk with you and... uh, Another beautiful summer day. How's the bike riding going?
8: Well, I'm uh, about to climb on here any minute and ride down to the office. And I, I've got to say, I'm glad to follow an announcement about the Benedictine Brewery at seven ten in the morning. <laughs> a, uh, a nice log. I'm not a big beer drinker, but, but when I do, I like to do it at the Benedictine Brewery.
1: Ah, uh, yes, very nice. In fact, of course, uh big times in Mount Angel this weekend, Oktoberfest. Fest. Mm
8: hmm. Never miss it. German chocolate cakes. Another. Uh, Highlight of my year. Ah, that's
1: wonderful. Well, as I mentioned, Ed, you were the longtime managing editor of the Catholic Sentinel newspaper, and now the communications director for Catholic Charities of Oregon. And you're uh, you're spreading your wings because a writer, but now a presenter. I like this. You have an <laughs> event. Uh, I'd like to think that your uh, times on Mother Day Radio have helped you go out there and and speak to the public. So, uh, but tell us about the event you have coming up.
8: Well, you're right. Modern Day has helped. You know, the Grotto is celebrating 100 years, and congratulations to them. And and meanwhile, we're marking 90 years at Catholic Charities of Oregon. And on September 27th, we're going to have a talk about really the, the foundations of that history, what led to Catholic Charities, and then tell a little bit of Catholic Charities' story as well. You know, David, we can trace the roots of organized Catholic activity in the social ministry in Oregon back to 1844, really. I mean, no doubt Father Blanchet probably did some things, but 1844 was the year that he uh, summoned six sisters of Notre Dame de Namur from Belgium, and they sailed around Cape Horn through hurricanes yeah. and were very seasick, but arrived here, uh, went down to St. Paul and started a little school, but also an orphanage, you know, on, on the frontier. Sometimes parents died early, Mm. so both from the the Native tribes and the settlers, they were orphans, and these women came to care for them in a little—you can't call it more than a hut—down there in St. Paul along the Willamette, and that kind of started it all, David.
1: Isn't that something, when you think about that story, and uh, St. Paul, of course, a beautiful church in St. Paul, still today, the oldest church, I guess you could say, in the state, and— to have that really be the beginnings of Catholic Charities when you think about that and the work that they do and where we are today, 90-plus years later. When was the first—if you know the answer to this— when actually did Catholic Charities of Oregon get organized as an organization?
8: That happened in 1933, David. Leading up to that, it was a series of women religious orders uh, doing great things like the Sisters of St Mary of Oregon and St Mary's Boy Homes. Of course, the Providence Sisters, uh, the, the Holy Name Sisters, starting Holy Names, uh, starting St Mary's Academy, which also welcomed homeless uh, children. But in 1933, there was a the notion that all these various ministries needed to be unified in some way and coordinated in some way. And uh, this was amid the Great Depression. Uh, when there was more need out there. So uh, Archbishop Edward Howard summoned a priest named Father uh, Lucian Lowerman, who had a social work degree. uh, He studied all these various ministries and came up with a plan. And so there was a Catholic Charities office begun down at uh, Southwest 3rd and Stark. They had four employees who raised money, coordinated all these ministries, but also were case managers for children. Mm. The ministry was very much focused towards children there in, in 1933, but slowly also included jobs because that was a big thing during the Depression, helping people find employment. Right. About seven or 800 uh, jobs per year Catholic Charities linked people up with in those early years.
1: So again, you're going to be talking about this and going back in the history and learning about Catholic Charities at this event on September 27th. I guess give us some of the logistics about this, where it's at, if people want to sign up, how they do it.
8: This is going to be at Catholic Charities Headquarters, 2740 Southeast Powell, up on the fourth floor. But you can also uh, attend via Zoom, David. Mm. Uh, if you go to our website, uh, Catholic Charities Oregon.org, and scroll all the way down to the bottom where it says events, there'll be a button you can click to register, and uh, that way you'll get the Zoom link if you want that or you get the particulars about when and where to come. And David, there's going to be coffee and cookies there.
1: Oh, well, there so you even go. Even if
8: the lecture is lousy, <laughs> you can get coffee and cookies, and every, it's all free, David. Nobody has to pay.
1: That's wonderful. It won't be lousy because you're you're going to be doing the presentations, and I know you're uh, wonderful talking about the history of uh, Catholics in Oregon and Catholic charities as well. One thing about Catholic charities, too, Ed, that I, I particularly now in some of the recent developments of things that are going on and that is the partnerships, the ecumenical aspects of Catholic Charities of Oregon. It's really important this day and age, as they say it takes a village, and I think Catholic Charities is really, you know, part of that.
8: Thank you, David. You know, we just broke ground on Tuesday on a new uh, housing community over at St. Francis Parish, and there were, like you said, not only other religious groups, but civic groups. The mayor was there, the Someone from the county commission was there. and we, as Catholic charities, really are a an agency of the church that faces that that meets the secular public and works with them and tries to really help them understand. So there was Father George Kuferigi of St. Francis Parish
1: uh, praying in front of all these folks.
8: It was really a moment that doesn't happen very often, david. we're We're proud to be that that, yeah. that kind of connection,
1: yeah, you think about the history of St. Francis too for, because years, as you know, the St. Francis dining hall that was there for years.
8: Yes, what a great history. And, you know, even going back to the Depression with Monsignor Tobin was the pastor of uh, St. Francis, a, a big a big guy in social action and social ministry, so they helped people in the Depression. Probably even the, the Great Depression of 1893, St. Francis probably helped people, too. We don't have records of that, but I bet they did.
1: Yeah, you know, and you, we, we talk about... Catholic Charities of Oregon, but you think about all the offshoots of that now. There's Catholic Community Services of Lane County. There's Catholic Community Services of the Mid-Willamette Valley. And so, I mean, it's really grown over the years.
8: Yes, it has. And the the agencies try to work together, you know, Eugene, Salem, uh, Medford. uh, There's all, we all face similar things now with homelessness and the need for housing, especially at the That's what emerged in the 1990s, David, that housing became the social need in Oregon, where uh, it became hip and popular to live in Oregon, so housing prices skyrocketed.
1: Right. And
8: uh, in in all those cities you mentioned, housing has become a key thing, and we're trying to work together on it.
1: So don't miss it, folks. September 27th coming right up here in just a couple of weeks. Uh, That's a Wednesday evening. You can find out more, CatholicCharitiesOregon.org, CatholicCharitiesOregon.org, the presentation information right there. You get a chance to see Ed Longwa, Communications Director of Catholic Charities of Oregon. Ed, great to talk with you. Have a wonderful weekend.
8: Thanks for having me, David.
1: All right, take care and God bless.
2: It is 722 here at Mater Day Radio, a great event coming up. I encourage our listeners to tune in or go in person if you can. Those types of events, well, you can find all kinds of things happening on the community calendar. If you're not going to Oktoberfest this weekend or maybe one day at Oktoberfest and then another day to do something here in the Portland area or in the Salem area, Eugene, even in Vancouver... Go to the community calendar. It is full of things that you can do today, tomorrow, Sunday, into next week, and even into next month. You can find all that information under the community calendar. Get involved menu at motterdayradio.com and the Hail Mary Media app.
4: Support for Motterday Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco, Family Dentist.
9: This is Dina Marie of Faith Moments inviting you to join us at the 17th Annual Rosary Bowl Northwest, a Marian and Eucharistic celebration. To the Shepherd children in Fatima in 1917, Our Lady stressed the importance of praying the rosary, asking the children to pray the rosary every day for peace. And that's what we'll do together as a family of faith on Saturday, October 7th, the Feast of Our Lady of the Rosary at the East Salem Community Center. Doors open at 9 a.m. where you can visit our community resource tables and Eucharistic Miracles and Rosary Exhibit. Holy Mass and Rosary begin at 10 a.m. with Bishop Peter Smith. The day includes the Knights of Columbus Exemplification Ceremony and keynote speaker, Dominican Priest, Father Brian Mullady. It's free, it's fun, and it's for the entire family. For details, visit rosarybowlnw.org. That's rosarybowlnw.org
1: Information on our leadership circle at
10: MatardayRadio.com.
0: It's good to the very last drop. The Morning Blend, on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Matarday Radio.
1: And it is 726 at Matarday Radio, and the United Auto Workers go on strike. We'll have a story for you in the news.
2: And after being banned from a California school district, a court rules... They must allow fellowship of Catholic Christian athletes back into the public schools. I'll have that story for you coming up in four minutes. This is Ricky Vasquez, House of Cards, and we are the Morning Blend right here at Mater Day Radio. <music>
1: is Ricky Vasquez and House of Cards. 730 on Monterey Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life.
2: And in your news, a panel of judges ruled that a California school district must allow a Christian athletic club to return to public schools after the district banned the group over its adherence to Christian teaching on sexuality. In 2019, the San Jose Unified School District rescinded its recognition of student groups affiliated with the Fellowship of Christian Athletes. Even though affiliated clubs had operated in the school district for more than a decade, each club was removed from schools in the district. A lower court sided with the school district, but that decision was overturned by the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals, on Wednesday, which ensured that clubs can operate in the public schools again. Rigo Lopez, the Fellowship of Christian Athlete leader for Bay Area Schools, applauded the ruling in a statement saying, Fellowship of Christian Athletes is excited to be able to get back to serving our campuses. Our FCA teams have long enjoyed strong relationships with teachers and students in the past, We're looking forward to that again.
1: Yeah, it's kind of surprising because Fellowship of Christian Athletes, big group. Huge group.
2: NFL athletes, NBA athletes, all been a part of that. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Thousands of auto workers launched a strike at midnight against General Motors, Ford and Stellantis, the company that builds cars for the U.S. market under the Jeep, Ram, Dodge and Chrysler names. It's the first time in its history that United Auto Workers Union has struck all three of America's big three automakers at the same time. The UAW is demanding 40 percent pay increases as well as better benefits and job protections for its members. With all three automakers reporting record or near-record profits, the union is trying to recapture many of the benefits they had been forced to give up more than a decade ago when the companies were on the brink of bankruptcy. Now, if the strike drags on for a long time, industry experts say car prices will rise.
2: Portland Public Schools and the Beaverton School District are both using guidelines from the Oregon Health Authority over those recommended by the CDC. This regards to COVID, and it means students can now go to school if they test positive for COVID, but are asymptomatic. CDC guidelines recommend that people stay home and isolate for at least five days after testing positive. PPS is advising students to stay home if they have symptoms, but parents are not required to report if their students test positive. Kids also don't need to isolate for a certain number of days. PPS said that if there is an outbreak, every school has a plan in place. The Multnomah Education Service District will investigate any outbreaks. All PPS policies follow OHA guidance and spokesperson said the school district will also report any unusual clusters of illness such as COVID.
1: The Multnomah County Sheriff's Office wants to make sure you are aware of a phone scam that has already bilked one victim out of $4,000. The department says most commonly the scam calls are from someone posing as a Multnomah County Sheriff's Office sergeant or deputy. It's been reported that the scammer claims the recipient has a warrant, unpaid court fines, or has missed jury duty and must pay a fine with a gift card immediately or be arrested. One tactic includes the scammers using fake badge numbers and case numbers to try to legitimize their claims. The sheriff's office wants to remind folks that they never conduct matters concerning warrant service, missed jury duty, missed court dates or payments or fines over the telephone. So if you receive a call like this, do not engage the caller or send money and report it to the non-emergency sheriff's office phone number.
2: Multnomah County Sheriff Deputy arrested a 44-year-old Portland man suspected of breaking into Portland Fire and Rescue's boathouse in southeast Portland early Thursday, stealing a rescue boat and speeding the vessel to Kalama, Washington. It's about 43 miles northwest of where the boat went missing. Someone called Portland Fire and Rescue around seven AM after one of their two water vessels, a rescue boat, was spotted speeding through a marina in a no wake zone with no lights on. Portland Fire and Rescue tracked the boat's movement using its GPS device and located it in Kalama. Wow. Members of the US Coast Guard stopped the boat, took the man into custody.
1: That's quite a long ride.
2: That's a bit of a joyride yeah. in a boat nonetheless. Yeah.
1: I wonder if he ran out of fuel at one point. I don't know. (laughs) In sports, all four Northwest schools head into a Saturday of college football, ranked in the top 25 in the country. So 8th-ranked Washington travels to Michigan State for a 2 p.m. contest. That'll be televised on the Peacock Network. 13th-ranked Oregon hosts Hawaii at 5 p.m. on the Pac-12 Network. 16th-ranked Oregon State entertains San Diego State in an afternoon game, kicks off at 1230 in Corvallis. That'll be on FS1. And Washington State, I think they're now 20, I had to go back and look, but they're right up there as well, stays home against Northern Colorado for a 2 p.m. contest on the Pac-12 network. All four Northwest schools are undefeated with identical records of 2-0.
2: David, I believe that all of Hawaii's games should be home games. <laughs> yes. I think that you could get some support from uh, student athletes.
1: I, I think yes. I think a lot of, uh, and the fans that travel with the team. I exactly. Think would they, they would enjoy that.
2: When everything is going well, we easily attribute this success to our own excellent management and our relationship with God might be pushed to the back burner. But when things begin to get hard, we often don't feel close to God either, perhaps questioning why he allowed this hardship. But in the hardest and darkest moments, it's common to feel a strong sense of God's presence holding us up and helping us to carry this burden that is too great for us to bear alone. Because Christ suffered and died on this earth, he walks beside us in a deeply intimate way in these hardest moments. And similarly, the saints and Our Lady face sorrow and grief. While the world tells us to run from challenges and struggles, there is no saint who did not endure hardship on this earth. Our Lady of Sorrow, whose feast is today, is a powerful reminder that God and His beloved ones all endure sorrows. Their presence can bring consolation when our own grief comes. So many of us carry deep sorrow as we journey through life. Perhaps you struggle with a chronic illness and everyday tasks that are simple for others feel like an uphill battle for you. Perhaps you or a loved one are struggling with addiction, a private and unseen battle that feels hard and hopeless at times. Or perhaps someone you love has died and you're dealing with infertility or a child just received a difficult diagnosis. Each of us have a different cross. But what is certain is that every person on this earth carries a cross of some kind. It has been said, be kind, for everyone you meet is fighting a hard battle.
0: It's time to find out what's going on in our Catholic community.
2: This evening at 6 o'clock at the Feast of Our Lady of Sorrow at the Marian Prayer Center in Milwaukee. The Seven Sorrows Rosary will be prayed at 6 o'clock p.m. and Holy Mass at 6.30, celebrated by Father John Marshall, refreshments and fellowship to follow. And remember, you can find details on these and other events. Head over to the community calendar, materdayradio.com and the Hail Mary media app.
1: Well, we're going to get a chance to hear about uh, Sarah and Brenda's excellent adventure.
2: We most certainly did. This was too much of an adventure to put off any later, so we bumped it up, and it's coming up after weather. All right, stay with us.
6: Healthcare sharing has been around for decades and began out of the Christian tradition of neighbor helping neighbor. That's the premise Solidarity HealthShare was built on. We're a nonprofit medical cost sharing ministry in which our family of members share in each other's eligible medical expenses. Solidarity HealthShare is not insurance, but an alternative way to pay for medical costs that adheres to Catholic Church teachings. We never share into medical care that goes against our morals. More information at SolidarityHealthShare.org.
5: Please join me, Deacon Harold Burke-Sivers, and other listeners of Modern Day E-Radio as we pray an act of hope. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Oh my God, relying on your infinite mercy and promises, I hope to obtain pardon of my sins, the help of your grace, and everlasting life through the merits of Jesus Christ my Lord and Redeemer. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.
6: For more prayer resources, and to let us know how we can pray for your intentions, please visit us at materdayradio.com and click Prayer, or call our prayer hotline at 503-285-3737. That's 503-285-3737
11: What's your next mission from God? You do have one. We all do. God has something in mind for us right where we are. This is Julie Durko. Please join me on your next mission from God, where the saints show us just how it's done they've been through it, and sometimes they even got it wrong before they got it right.
12: Listen to your next mission from God, Saturday mornings at 715 and Sunday mornings at 815, right here on the bridge between your faith and everyday life, Matre day Radio. It is 742 at Matre day Radio, Well, will
1: this be the last 90-degree day of the year? We'll see. Sunny 91, your projected high today. Clear overnight tonight, low of 58. Then sunny again for Saturday, a little cooler, high of 85. Then Sunday, partly sunny skies, high of 77.
2: Currently, it is 57 degrees at St. Wenceslas Catholic Church in Scapoose.
1: And 52 degrees at St. Mary's Church in Eugene.
2: So one recommendation if you are heading to Oktoberfest this weekend in beautiful Mount Angel, bring a hand fan. Oh, there you go. Because it's going to be warm up there. We noticed that as the day went on, that black top on the street started to heat up. And rather than the heat coming from the sun, it was also coming from the ground, too. David. It was officially unofficial day, Matre Day Radio Day at Oktoberfest yesterday. I like that. Sarah Kenzie and I had such a great time. This is the second year we have done this. Met new people, had new food to eat, Mm. and enjoyed the opening ceremony. So fun. As Sarah uh, took to her recording, I talked to some different people, and here's a little uh, preview of Oktoberfest. All right, love it. This is what we did. Well, we're back. A second year, Macho Day radio down at beautiful Mount Angel. It's Oktoberfest. Now, last year, I did my best to try as many things as I could. I didn't get to all of the places yet, but I guarantee you, I'm heading down there right now. I hear at Oktoberfest, they got tacos. So join me. Come on along. We'll find some great booths and get something good to eat, too. Well, it didn't take us long. Joining me right now, it's Father Ralph Recker from the Pastor at St. Mary's. Father Ralph, it's great to see you again. Good you to were my Brenda. first visit last year, too. It's wonderful to catch up with you again. What are you looking forward to this year to eat?
13: Uh, oh, the schnitzel, definitely Especially the schnitzel. schnitzel sandwich at St. Mary's booth in the Wine Garden. Is that, is that-
2: Okay. Is I that think okay so? to
13: give a plug like that?
2: I think so. Okay. All I right. think everybody heard it already. <laughs> well, it's going to be a wonderful weekend. Thousands of people are going to be here at Mount Angel. Can I ask you to please give us a blessing so that way everything goes smoothly, that people are protected, and that everybody just received God's grace and blessings this weekend.
13: Okay, Brenda. Well, this is the invocation that I wrote for the beginning of um, our Oktoberfest this year. So let's begin in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Over 2,500 years ago, the psalmist wrote, Those who sow in tears will reap with cries of joy. Those who go forth weeping, carrying sacks of seed, will return with cries of joy, carrying their bundles of sheep. It seems that mankind has always celebrated the harvest and given thanks to you, O God, as the eternal Lord of the harvest. And it seems that no culture has done this more fittingly than the Germans from which many of us are descended, and which is witnessed by all who celebrate Oktoberfest. And so during these days of our celebration, we ask, Lord, that you bless us as we carry in the sheaves, collect the cauliflower, and gather the grapes. Touch us with abundance. Touch us with joy. Touch us with grace as we celebrate our touch of Bavaria. And we ask this through Christ our Lord
2: amen all right father son holy spirit thank you so much absolutely down on the uh walkway here all right i'll
13: buy you a schnitzel
2: i like the sound of that (laughs) well here's a booth everybody wants to stop at jervis chicken it's famous for more than 50 years they have been providing the community outstanding meals and they're here at mott's Oktoberfest! This is Sam Miller. He's been serving up some great chicken today too. Hey Sam, thanks for joining me.
13: Mm-hmm. It's awesome. It's cool.
2: What's so, happening? So for over 50 years, chicken has been coming from Jervis. It is fabulous. What's the secret? Do you know?
1: The butter. It's all about the butter.
2: It's the butter.
14: Uh-huh.
2: All right, so lots yeah. of butter, slow cooking. Mm-hmm. All right.
14: Nice and greasy. Ah. <laughs>
2: we've been walking up and down the street here but one of the places that i absolutely wanted to visit was the knights of columbus council at saint joseph's in salem of course we all watched with sadness the fire that happened there but they're here at Oktoberfest and they're asking for your help with me today it's eric Wanderlust. thank you eric for talking with me today
15: thank you brenda for having me
2: i just got to say to all of our prayers from madrigue radio our listeners just go out to St. Joseph uh, with such sadness. We watched the story develop of the fire. Kind of tell our listeners about how important it is now to support St. Joseph both in their day-to-day expenses and also in their recovery.
15: Well, for day-to-day expenses on the St. Joseph website, they have a donations. They have two donations, one for the restoration and one for continuing operations uh, for the donations normally that the parish would give through um, donations at uh, Sunday Mass. A lot of the parishioners have gone to the other parishes because we're having Mass in the parking lot of St. Joseph's Parish and you know people who come to Mass and actually kneel on the asphalt is, is a wonderful thing. Oh. Archbishop Sample was there to give a Mass right after the fire and it was awesome and we had a lot of people come out for that. Um, but the continuing operations for, for uh, Father Jeff Uh, Mucin and and the staff there, it's uh, important to be able to continue to pay the staff because you know, the parishioners kind of going to the other parishes and the, some the donations are going down a little bit. Um, but then also for the restoration, uh, Mother Day Radio has got the website. Absolutely. That, um, and uh, the Archdiocese has the website on there for the donations for restoration. And St. Joseph's also has the donations for restoration on their uh, website. Um, and the Knights are going to give money. We've already started some donations for um, vestments for our deacons, which, you know, they're doing now and they've got them. Uh, the sanctuary, you can't actually ac- access it now, it's still been kind of cordoned off, we can't get to it. But we're try- trying to get those things done and um, um, provide for our priests and deacons um, to help celebrate mass. And daily mass at noon, we're having in the parking lot of the school right now. Um, and people are out there coming in to daily mass mm. at noon. So that, that's, a, that's a wonderful thing too. Uh, But any support, and here we're doing any of the tips at the booth, um, are going to go for the uh, support of the parish also.
2: Absolutely. Whatever way Monterey Radio can partner with St. Joseph's and the Knights of Columbus Council, we're so excited and blessed to be able to do that. So if you were to be around the Mount Angel area, you'd probably run across McKenzie. But if you head down south, a little farther down to Staten, well, you're going to run into a Cimpernagel. And that's who I've run into. I've been looking for tacos at Oktoberfest and I found it at the St. Patrick's Knights of Columbus booth. Hey Darren, thanks for being here today.
16: Great, thank you for being here as well.
2: I will have one taco please. One taco,
16: we can do that.
2: Alright, so my first question is Oktoberfest, the harvest, German heritage celebrated every day here and you're selling tacos. How did you guys come up with that idea?
16: Well, for a couple of reasons. So we've got Quite a few hispanics in the monmouth independence area so we do tacos and stuff tacos nachos and corn on the cob for the fourth of july in in both monmouth and independence uh depending on the year we kind of flip-flop between them in the park for the uh fourth of july parade and stuff and it's usually three days and so that's why we do them and that's and i don't think there's anybody else doing beef tacos but maybe there is this year they use fish tacos every year but typically okay. not beef. And I think we're the only one doing corn on the cob except for it's part of the chicken dinner, I believe. Okay,
2: yep. We're getting
16: uh corn on the cob that is uh, we're getting from Schlechler's Farms right here Apparently close.
2: Apparently they're kind of popular right here. It is.
16: And they, we order it, they pick it the morning and then we pick it up a few hours later. So the corn that we're selling today was picked this morning.
2: Oh, and so fabulous. it's about
16: as fresh as you can get.
2: I'm going to have to try that next. So um, Independence, uh, just not too far from Salem, yep. St. Patrick's is your parish. Tell me a little bit about it. I I don't actually know too much
16: about St. Patrick's. So Father Francisco Bringwell is his real name. He goes by Father Kiko. Been there seven years now at St. Patrick's. Great guy. Uh, The parish is actually growing right now. Okay. We have about, we have half, probably we're almost 80% Hispanic.
11: Wow. So it's a heavy Hispanic
16: community in that sense. Uh, and, And you know, it's a college town type atmosphere. So there's lots of things going on in Monmouth Independence. We just got a new trolley here this summer. Very nice. So you can go between Monmouth and Independence and there's, I don't know, 20 stops, about a quarter mile apart. And so, yeah, so it's a great location, great community to be part of, and it works really well together. And so, yes, we're doing something a little bit different than your typical Oktoberfest. Well. En- enjoy there.
2: That looks delicious. I uh, must say, I'm really excited to have a taco Thank at Oktoberfest. So Thanks so much for talking with me today.
16: Excellent. Thank you. I like owe are- you your changes. I'll, so.
2: I'll that for sure. Okay. Thank you. I was going to
16: count it back, but I'll let you All right, God bless then. you. Thank you so much. Have a great day, both of you.
2: Well, what's an Oktoberfest without dancers? Faith is joining me today. Now, I got to see Faith last year and have a picture with her. And she's back. Hi, Faith. Thanks for talking with me. So you are ready to dance, it looks like. Have you danced yet today? No. Okay. So when do you go on? Six o'clock. Okay. So if I were to be here at six o'clock and I'm going to watch you dance, tell me about what I'm going to see. Like, what are the different dances and uh, what ones you are going to participate in?
3: I'm doing the mother, daughter, and the hoop. But my favorite is the maple.
2: The maples. Kate. tell me about the maple dance. Um,
3: you have strings. Okay. There's a pole and then you'll make a braid with
2: it. I love that. Do you think they would let me do that sometime? Maybe. I'd have to get a dress like yours. Okay. Well, I'm going to be watching at six o'clock. So if you happen to be here at Oktoberfest at Mount Angel at six o'clock, come see Faith. It was such a great day, David.
1: Oh, it sounds like it. They yeah. did
2: not let me dance, though. I waited around <laughs> till 6 o'clock, and, and I was watching, but uh, no, I didn't get to dance. Thank goodness, though, because these little dancers, they practice a lot. Oh, I And they were fabulous. Oh, it's wonderful. So excited to be able to see them, to see so many friends that I'm beginning to know now, too, sure. because of being there last year. So, yeah, had some tasty food, too. Mm. And let me say, the taco... Was excellent. Yeah, they fried it right there, made to order. Sure, we're not talking about store bought, pre-made, hard uh, shell. Uh, yeah. No, they take the tortilla, they cook it in the oil. They've got the ground beef and all the toppings, and whoever made the uh, the salsa the to- that goes mm. with it, homemade. <laughs> it's very good stuff. That's uh, wonderful.
1: I'd ask you, I wonder if somebody's doing corn on the cob, and there you go.
2: There you go. You yeah. can get it uh, uh, Mexican style with the cream and cheese on mm-hmm. it, or just. My favorite. Just put a little butter and pepper on it and you're good to go. The chicken line was very, very long. And I was going to bring you a cinnamon roll from St. Michael's uh, Pregnancy Resource Center. You couldn't get anywhere near (laughs) that booth to talk to anybody. They were so busy. Nice. And... uh, they love those cinnamon rolls, too. The ice cream was a, a hot topic, too, a hot uh, I'm, item. I'm
1: sure, yeah, on a hot day, no doubt about it. Well, again, Oktoberfest runs through Sunday, so uh, if you get an opportunity, go down, say hi to all the wonderful folks at Mount Angel, and support all the wonderful food booths that are down there.
2: Support for Matre day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Holy Family Supply, Salem's Catholic Bookstore. Located at 421 Court Street Northeast in downtown Salem, Holy Family Supply has a wide variety of Catholic gifts for all occasions, including Bibles, rosaries, statues, and holy cards. Holy Family Supply current hours and days of operation are available by phone at 503-588-1071.
0: The bridge between your faith and everyday life. This is Modern Day Radio. KBBM Portland, Salem, Vancouver. KMME Cottage Grove, Eugene. Springfield. Translator K235BF, Eugene. And
4: streaming at ModerndayRadio.com. Support for Modern Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco, Family Dentist.
17: or a convenient excuse
11: one minute monk abbot placid Solari of belmont abbey
17: how often have we used the excuse that we simply don't have the time we have at our total and complete disposal all the time it has pleased almighty god to make god is not making less time so the reality is that when we say we do not have enough time we are really saying that we have chosen to give priority to other things Sometimes these priorities are important and imposed on us by other obligations, such as work and family. In that case, we may need to ask ourselves if we can give up something, however difficult that may be. Much of the time, however, we are simply choosing other ways to spend our time.
11: For your free copy of The Rule of St. Benedict, visit one-minute-monk.com. O-N-E
17: If our priorities match our beliefs, we will always have enough time for the truly important things in life.
1: Summertime is a great time to drive the open road, unless your old reliable wheels just aren't up to the task anymore. You know who could use that old car? Mater Dei Radio. You can donate most vehicles, cars, trucks, vans, RVs, and boats to Mater Dei Radio's vehicle donation program with the proceeds supporting a faith-filled Catholic broadcast and in return, getting yourself a likely tax deduction. More information on our vehicle donation program at materderadio.com
0: the morning blend western oregon and southwest washington's number one catholic morning show on the bridge between your faith and everyday life mater Day radio
1: and it is 757 at mater day radio hurricane lee spins up the northeastern coast. We'll tell you about that in the news.
2: And a climate summit in the planning stages for Seattle will bring in Vatican officials. I'll tell you about it coming up right after Awaken the Saint.
14: Hey everyone, I'm Kevin Jory with Awaken Catholic, and this is Awaken the Saint. Ministry of any kind is still ministry, whether you are out in the field serving those in need or serving those who are doing the service. Blessed Paolo Mana knew both sides, and although he didn't choose how he would minister to those he served, he never stopped ministering throughout his life. Paolo was born the fifth of six children to an Italian family in the year 1872. He studied philosophy at the Gregorian University in Rome and later joined the theology seminary of the Institute for foreign missions in Milan. In May of 1894, he was officially ordained a priest. Setting sail for his new work as a missionary priest in 1895, Father Paolo was off to serve the people of Eastern Burma, modern day Myanmar. Due to his poor health, however, Father Paolo had to return home to Italy just 12 years later. Although his chance to serve the poor directly became less of a reality, it didn't hold him back from encouraging other clergy and lay missionaries through his writings and preaching. He quickly became the director of Le Missioni Catalice in 1909, a popular printed journal, and in 1914, he founded his own publication of Propaganda Missionaria that went on to become a very successful publication. He then founded the organization Missionary Union of the Clergy in 1916, a society based on the passion for spreading the missionary zeal throughout the faithful. He founded a missionary group in 1919 for the youth and even founded the Sacred Heart Seminary in Caserta, Italy to foster missionary vocations in Southern, Italy. To say this man had a zeal for mission work and knowing how to spread it was a total understatement. And yet he continued moving forward on the unintentional journey God was leading him on. Father Paolo continued to rise to the needs of mission life. He became the superior general for the Institute of Foreign Missions in Milan. Because of the good work he was doing, in 1926, Pope Pius XI joined forces with the Missionary Seminary of Rome to create a pontifical institute for foreign missions. Father Paolo continued working from 1934 to 1936 this time developing a new order yet again, the Missionary Sisters of the Immaculate, a branch off of the Pontifical Institute. He continued working for the missionary union of the clergy and in the southern province of his Foreign Missions Institute and continued writing and publishing his words of affirmation for the work of the foreign and domestic missionaries. Although Father Paolo had been bound to his desk due to his sickness, couldn't stop the zealous man from sharing his heart for mission work. He worked until his final days and died on this day in 1952. Blessed Paolo saw his life so differently in his youth, desiring to share his love for missionary work with the world. But what took humility was accepting the limitations placed in front of him due to his health. What could have easily discouraged him and left him feeling crippled throughout his entire life gave blessed Paolo the opportunity to help others make a difference for the greater glory of God. Let us not think of our own contributions as less important than those physically serving. God uses each of our gifts to become our greatest strengths, both as missionaries who serve and missionaries who serve those who are serving. Blessed Paolo Manna pray for us.
2: That is Awaken the Saint. To find out more information about the saints and to pray with Mater Dei Radio, please download our free Hail Mary media app. You can find all the details at materderadio.com. It's 8 o'clock.
1: And in your news, Hurricane Lee will take a swipe at parts of coastal New England and Atlantic Canada starting Today, with heavy rain and strong winds that could lead to localized flooding and knock out power across communities Lee whipped strong winds and tropical storm conditions in Bermuda throughout yesterday as it passed west of the island, triggering power outages. Tropical storm conditions with winds of up to 40 miles per hour are expected to start in southern New England this afternoon, according to the National Hurricane Center. Storm's strongest winds are expected to be largely confined to coastal areas, but gusty winds in inland New England cannot be ruled out, and power outages are possible. With trees at risk of coming down in already saturated soil. Tropical storm warnings extend from the Massachusetts coast through Maine and into portions of Canada's New Brunswick and Nova Scotia provinces.
2: A cardinal from the Vatican and NBC's chief environmental affairs correspondent will join faith, business and community leaders, students, researchers and indigenous communities for an action, a climate action summit hosted by the Archdiocese of Seattle and Seattle University in July of 2024. Together for our common home, a climate action summit is being held in recognition of the growing threat of climate change and responsibility to care for the common good, the Archdiocese said in a September 13th news release. Archbishop and developed the concept for the conference after starting a similar event during his time as Archbishop of Anchorage. The event will kick off with an address at St. James Cathedral by Cardinal Michael Zerny, a Jesuit who serves as Prefect of the Vatican's Dicastery for Promoting Integral Human Development. The conference at Seattle University will include two days of presentations, emceed by Ann Thompson, Chief Environmental Affairs Correspondent. For NBC News,
1: you know it's perfect. You tell that story today. You know why? Why is that? It's National Green Peace Day.
2: Is it really? Yeah, a Green Peace. Yeah, a
1: group that's battled for environmental justice for years. So, uh, in in lieu of that, too, hundreds of communities around the country will share more than one billion dollars in federal money to help them plant and maintain trees under a federal program that is intended to reduce extreme heat, benefit health, and improve access to nature. U.S. Department of Agriculture Secretary Dom Vlissak announced the funding for nearly 400 projects in an event Thursday morning in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. The tree planting efforts will be focused on marginalized areas in all 50 states as well as Washington, D.C., Puerto Rico and the Virgin Islands, and some tribal nations. Other grant recipients include some of the nation's largest cities, such as New York, Houston, and Los Angeles. Vlissak said that the tree planting program can help create more resilient communities in terms of the impact of climate and mitigate extreme heat incidents.
2: Oregon state senators with at least 10 absences during a record-setting Republican walkout are supposed to be disqualified from running for re-election. But several on Thursday filed candidacy papers with election authorities. Following GOP walkouts in the legislature in 2019, 2020 and 2021, Oregon voters last year overwhelmingly approved a constitutional amendment disqualifying legislators from re-election following the end of their term if they are absent for 10 or more legislative floor sessions without permission or excuse. There were nine Oregon Republicans and an independent who clocked at least 10 absences during this year's legislative session. The walkout prevented a quorum holding up bills in the Democrat-led Senate for six weeks. The constitutional amendment says a lawmaker is not allowed to run for the term following the election after the member's current term is completed. Since a senator's term ends in January while elections are held in November, they argue the penalty doesn't take effect immediately, but instead after they've served another term.
1: And in sports, University of Portland women's soccer team opened its two-game East Coast Road Series with a scoreless draw against Brown University yesterday in Providence, Rhode Island. Pilots are now 4-1-2 on the season. Sunday, Portland will face Stonehill College in Easton, Massachusetts. Pilots men's soccer team at home tonight with a match against Denver. That gets underway at 7 p.m., and there was a Thursday night game in the NFL. The Philadelphia Eagles down the Minnesota Vikings 34-28. On Sunday, Seattle Seahawks hope to recover from a disastrous home opener against the Rams. Won't be easy. Playing at the resurgent Detroit Lions, that kicks off at 10 a.m. on Fox.
2: On september fifth, the Church of the Holy Family in Grand Blanc, Michigan became the most recent US church to be vandalized. An unnamed individual gained entry to the church where he desecrated sacred objects. As the parish accounted for all the damages, however, Father Joseph Krupp, pastor of the church, sent a message to the community on Twitter. The long-form message explained to the faithful what had occurred and outlined the steps that the parish intended to take in the aftermath of the attack. He explained that someone had found their way into the church in the middle of the night and had broken so many things that they were still discovering damages while the priest was writing the letter. He did, however, note that an image of the perpetrator was caught on closed-circuit cameras, leaving the police a lead to follow. In addition, he shared some other good news with a bit of humor. He said there's more good news. Number one, nothing he broke cannot be replaced. He was not able to get into the school. None of the damage was permanent or makes it so we cannot live our message. And lastly, he said the beer he took from the hall was really, really old and we, weren't go- and we were going to throw it away anyway. Okay, <laughs> He reiterated that Catholics are called to love their neighbors, even when wronged. He urged his community forgive them, to forgive them and allow them to seek reconciliation with the church, which welcomes all those who have sinned to take part in the faith community. He concluded by reminding his flock of the mission of the church to worship God, grow in love and knowledge of the faith, care for those in need, and invite others into a relationship with Christ. When I read this article, I couldn't help but read St. Joseph's. I know
1: exactly what you were thinking there. Yeah, and that's why I pulled
2: it. Well, the beer was not part of it. uh, Again, Archbishop Sample said it so beautifully. The people that attend St. Joseph, they are the church. That's right. And from what I can tell, they are ready and eager to rebuild again.
1: Good to hear.
0: It's time to find out what's going on in our Catholic community.
2: This Sunday at noon is the Grotto Centennial Opening Mass All are invited to start this centennial year of the grotto with an outdoor mass, weather permitting. It looks like weather's going to uh, cooperate very, very well. Celebrated by Servite Prior Provincial, Eugene Smith. Remember, you can't find more details on these and other events. Head over to the community calendar, materdayradio.com, in the Hail Mary media app. Coming up at 8.40, Executive Director of the Grotto, Chris Blanchard, going to be joining us live to talk about how exciting this opening centennial mass will be
1: all right look forward to that and speaking of mass there's a program right here on mater day radio called glory of the mass you know the host that is terry ross he's going to join us right after the forecast
12: Join Mater Dei Radio and Brother Cyril, a Benedictine monk, at Mount Angel Abbey for the morning offering. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. O Jesus,
18: through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, works, joys and sufferings of this day in union with the holy sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world. I offer them for all the intentions of your Sacred Heart, the salvation of souls, reparation for sin, and the reunion of all Christians. I offer them for the intentions of our bishops and of all apostles of prayer, and in particular, for those recommended by our Holy Father this month. In the name of the Father,
12: and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. For more prayer resources and to let us know how we can pray for your intentions, please visit Maturadayradio.com.
6: Monterey Radio's Leadership Circle connects through AllSource Communications. Is a technology upgrade in your company's future? AllSource Communications is an independent local telecom brokerage specializing in internet and phone systems. Connect today at AllSourceCommunications.com. That's AllSourceCommunications.com. Or call 503-967-4887 for AllSource Communications, connecting Monterey Radio's
7: Leadership Circle. One of the great hallmarks of the Catholic community in the Pacific Northwest is how we pull together in the face of adversity. Unite with Matri-Day Radio, the Archdiocese of Portland in Oregon and Archbishop Alexander K. Sample in support of the parishioners of St. Joseph Catholic Church in Salem as they recover from the devastating fire that destroyed their sanctuary.
15: My heart really is just Filled with emotion. I'm deeply saddened by what has happened to your house. Stand
7: with Archbishop Sample at Matra Radio. Show your solidarity with a gift to the St. Joseph Salem Fire Relief Fund through the Archdiocese of Portland at archdpdx.org. That's archdpdx.org to support St. Joseph Catholic Church in Salem with Matra Radio here for our community as we lead souls to jesus through the blessed virgin mary it is 8 12 at
1: Monterey radio sunny hot today 91 degrees mostly clear overnight tonight low of 58 then sunny again for saturday little cooler 85 and then sunday we'll see a few clouds partly sunny skies down to 77.
2: i think that's 77 and it's going to feel mm-hmm. amazing currently It's already 64 degrees at St. Thomas Catholic Church in Camas.
1: And 55 degrees at St. Joseph's Church in Salem.
2: As we prepare for this week's gospel reading, we hear the story of how many times we should forgive our brother. Seven, or as Christ says, 77 times. Well, another way to prepare for this weekend's mass is to listen to this week's episode of the glory of the Mass. Terry Ross is joining me today to give us a preview of the 24th Sunday in Ordinary Time. Good morning, Terry. Thanks for joining us today.
19: Good morning, Brenda. How are you?
2: I'm doing so well, and it's always such a great morning when you and I get a chance to talk. Again, I feel like I put on my student learning cap. I'm going back to school like so many other kids are doing these days, and well, I'm getting a lesson in Fine art. So thanks so much for talking to me today. And how exciting to preview a new composer in this week's episode. Tell us a little bit about Bodevayan.
19: Noel Bodevayan, and I'll spell that for you because it's not clear. B as in boy, A U L D as in dog, E W E Y E N. Bodevayan is a Franco-Flemish composer of the 16th century, early 16th century. Uh, one of the best of that time. He's a contemporary of Josquin Prez, um, and he had a very strong reputation until well after the middle of the 16th century. Uh, some of his works have been attributed to Josquin, uh, misattributed, I must say, which speaks very highly of Bauduvian's skill as a composer.
2: And as you said, he was a, a Flemish composer, Franco
19: Flemish. Yes.
2: Okay. So, as you said, he's a Franco Flemish composer. What does that well mean?
19: We now call that part of the the world vaguely part of the world the Low Countries. It probably includes all of the Netherlands and Belgium, as well as a little bit of northern France.
2: Okay. And you said that he's often confused or linked to Josquin. What are some of the elements that you hear, you pick up on, where you can say, yeah, I could see how Bauduvian is similar in his composition to Josquin?
19: He's similar uh, in his uh, inventiveness. Josquin was one of the most inventive and varied composers of the early 16th century and Bodeveen shows those traits also in his music, the Mass we're going to hear today.
2: And this is a long Mass, so people will get the full Mass. So when you when you are offering the full Bodeveen Mass for this week, what are all of the elements that they're going to hear?
19: They're going to hear the Kyrie, first of all, the Lord have mercy, Christ have mercy, Lord have mercy. After that comes the greater doxology, or the Gloria. Uh, then comes the Credo, uh, which is the Nicene Creed, Now, the the Gloria and the Credo have a lot of text, as you know. Sure. It takes a while to even say them, let alone sing them. Uh, Whereas the Kyrie, the Sanctus, and the Agnus Dei have very little text. So we're going to hear the whole Gloria and the whole Credo. Sometimes I cut out parts of the Credo in these broadcasts, because the Credo is usually the longest one, as it is today. Uh, But uh, we're going to hear the whole thing, because I want you to hear all of Bodivan
2: wonderful terry ross joining us today giving us a preview of glory of the mass episode 211 that you'll be able to catch this weekend there's also room in between the mass that you add in a few more pieces and we always spend a little bit of time talking about and previewing one of these pieces in this case today we're going to get a bit of a preview of a piece by francesco guerrero
19: that's right francisco guerrero is a a Spanish composer of the High Renaissance, a contemporary of Victoria and Morales, um, and a very good composer. We don't hear enough of his music, to my mind. Uh, We're going to hear a motet by him. In fact, you're going to play a little bit of it for us now. That serves as sort of a, a finale to our program.
2: I love this, and as Bodivian is said differently than it is spelled. Same with a song here. I'm not even going to attempt to say this. What is the piece that we're going to listen to right now?
19: Simile est renium chelorum
2: And that that translation.
19: It comes from that 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 bit of uh, in the Gospel of Matthew, where it says, "The kingdom of heaven is like unto a man that is a householder, which went out early in the morning." To hire laborers into his vineyard
2: all right well here is that beautiful piece by guerrero See. a beautiful choir. What do we know about this choir? It's
19: interesting. Uh, It just goes to show how universal this kind of music has become. People are doing so-called early music all over the world. This group is from Denmark. uh, And who would have originally associated Denmark with early music? No one. But now there's this beautiful music group called Musica Fichte, uh, who are based in Copenhagen
2: and so this is a contemporary choir this isn't one from a long time ago they are recording music today of things that were written hundreds of years ago that's right wow
19: 400 years ago
2: the glory of the mass episode 211 coming up this weekend terry i am amazed that you after 211 episodes still finding composers that you haven't featured yet are there still ones out there that have yet to be heard on the Glory of the Mass?
19: Oh, yes. I've got a couple coming up fairly soon.
2: Yes. Who might those be?
19: Uh, we're going to hear some music by John Dowland. He's a very famous English composer, but he's basically known as a guy who writes madrigals and also some other music by English composers.
2: Well, we look forward to this week's episode and we look forward to the ones coming up where we get to hear more and more composers. Terry, thank you so much for joining us today.
19: You're very welcome.
2: And again, that is Terry Ross. If you want to listen to this week's episode, tune in to Glory of the Mass right here at Mater Dei Radio, Saturday at 4 o'clock and Sunday at 2 o'clock. And if you'd like to see the full playlist of this week's episode 211, well, please go to our webpage, com. There on the front of the page, you will see... The Glory of the Mass, and find that episode with all of its composers. You'll also have access to the podcast at materdayradio.com. And it is
1: 821 at Mater Dei Radio. Well, look at this. Weekend's almost here. Mm-hmm. How about that? Maybe you're going to do a little uh, pre-fall garage cleaning. Maybe you have an old oh. vehicle in that garage you'd like to get rid of. Maybe it's an old car, a truck, boat, motorcycle, RV. Well, you can donate that vehicle to Mater De Radio's vehicle donation program. Just go to our website, click on the Get Involved menu, Vehicle Donation. It'll take you to the main page there. You'll find all the information. Just a couple of forms to fill out really quick and easy and a likely tax deduction for you as well. That is Mater Dei Radio's vehicle donation program. You can find it on our website at materdayradio.com or through the Hail Mary media app.
4: Support for Mater Dei Radio comes from our leadership circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco, family dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco Family Dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722, that's 503-252-1722.
20: Somewhere deep inside each one of us is a burning desire to finally become the person God created us to be. Amidst our brokenness, disease, and spiritual wounds, Jesus is responding today with transformative love and restoration. Join Dr. Bob Schutz, Bart Schutz, Sister Miriam James Heidland, and the John Paul II Healing Center for Healing the Whole Person and Day of Equipping, hosted by the Archdiocese of Portland in Oregon from November 30th through December 2nd at Our Lady of LeVang in Happy Valley. Through three days of teaching, worship, prayer, and testimony, you will encounter God in a powerful way, experiencing deeper freedom as the Father speaks to you in the depths of your heart. Learn more about in-person, Spanish, or virtual attendance options by visiting the John Paul II Healing Center online at jpihealingcenter.org. That's jpihealingcenter.org.
7: Deep Virtue with Bear Wasner.
10: Aloha, this is Bear Wozniak from deepadventure.com with this week's Deep Virtue segment. I was remembering this morning, my son Jeremiah, who's just a great surfer, you'll you'll read about him in my book, uh, Deep in the Wave, A Surfing Guide to the Soul. The first chapter talks about when he dropped into 70-foot surf at outside alligators on the north shore of Oahu. But this time, we didn't know all that God had in store for him, but at the age of 13, he'd just gotten his first clothing sponsor, and they were taking a bunch of young guys down to Mexico for a photo shoot down into Baja. There's like trucks and vans and they got down to San Miguel and they set up a campsite and they all went out and surfed in the golden light and the photographers were just eating it up, getting a lot of great shots. And they came in and he was exhausted. He set up his tent, went inside, but he was so smart because he knew there were bandidos about and so he attached his leash to his ankle that was attached to a surfboard that was just outside the tent. And he just slept so blissfully and so peacefully, a great night's sleep, excited about the next day, you know, gonna get his picture in magazines and things like that. And he wakes up and he pulls, he goes to take his leash off his ankle, and the leash comes right inside the tent. He runs outside. The surfboard is gone. And not only that, but his wetsuit and his booties are gone. The bandidos came in the middle of the night and stole them from him. And I'm thinking about this. How many men are just like that lying in repose just kind of drifting through life not really being aware of what was happening with their children with their families there's a verse in Ephesians 5:14 that says awake thou that sleeps and the light of Christ will shine on you men awaken wake up look the enemy is on the prowl looking to take your family pray for them be alert don't fall asleep spiritually. This is Bear Woznick from deepadventure.com, aloha.
7: Deep Virtue with Bear Wozniak. Find out more at deepadventure.com.
11: Holy Family Catholic Clinic is a proud member of Monterey Radio's Leadership Circle. Located at 21810 Willamette Drive in West Lynn, Holy Family Catholic Clinic is Christ-centered and provides superior, compassionate, life-affirming healthcare to patients of all ages. Holy Family Catholic Clinic offers medical services that are in adherence to Catholic moral teaching and bioethics, honoring the sanctity of life from conception to natural death. Learn more at HolyFamilyClinic.com. That's HolyFamilyClinic.com.
7: Matre Day Radio has broadcast the consecration of the Blessed Sacrament every day for more than thirty-three years. Your generosity has made this remarkable legacy of faith possible. Together, we can help even more souls find healing and renewal through Christ's precious gift of the Holy Eucharist. Join this vital mission and be changed as we celebrate the transformational power of the Eucharist during Matre Day Radio's 2023 Fall Shareathon, October 9th through 13th. Become a major part of this week of Transformation by helping us build a robust matching fund. Your support now will have a deep impact on Matreday Radio's success in October by providing strong encouragement for our Share-A-Thon listeners to match your giving. Learn more and make your matching gift now at MatredayRadio.com or the Hail Mary Media app. And be changed during our 2023 Fall Share-A-Thon at Matreday Radio, leading souls to Jesus and the Holy Eucharist through the Blessed Virgin Mary
0: morning may have broken but don't fret david and brenda can fix it the morning blend on the bridge between your faith and everyday life mater day radio
1: and it is eight twenty-seven 27 and mater day radio well another big weekend of college football we'll have the lineup for you in the news
2: and after being banned from california school district a court rules they must allow fellowship of christian athletes return to public schools i'll have their story for you coming up here is matt Marr, and what a friend we are david and brenda on the morning blend right here at mater day radio
1: That is Matt Marr, and what a friend! It is 8:30 at Monterey Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life.
2: A panel of judges ruled that a California school district must allow a Christian athletic club to return to public schools after the district banned the group over its adherence to Christian teaching on sexuality. In 2019, the San Jose Unified School District rescinded its recognition of student groups affiliated with the Fellowship of Christian Athletes. Even though affiliated clubs had operated in the school district for more than a decade, each club was removed from schools in the district. A lower court sided with the school district, but that decision was overturned by the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals on Wednesday, which ensured that the clubs can operate in the public schools again. Rigo Lopez, the Fellowship of Christian Athlete Leader for Bay Area Schools, applauded the ruling in a statement. He said, we are excited to be able to get back to serving our campuses. Our FCA teams have long enjoyed strong relationships with teachers and students in the past, and we are looking forward to that again.
1: Thousands of auto workers launched a strike at midnight against General Motors, Ford and Stellantis, the company that builds cars for the U.S. market under the Jeep, Ram, Dodge and Chrysler names. It is the first time in its history that the United Auto Workers Union has struck all three of America's big three automakers at the same time. The UAW is demanding 40% pay increases as well as better benefits and job protections for its members. With all three automakers reporting record or near-record profits, the union is trying to recapture many of the benefits they had been forced to give up more than a decade ago when the companies were on the brink of bankruptcy. Now, if the strike drags on for a long time, industry experts say car prices will rise.
2: Portland Public Schools and the Beaverton School District are both using COVID guidelines from the Oregon Health Authority over those recommended by the CDC. This means students can now go to school if they test positive for COVID but are asymptomatic. CDC guidelines recommended that people stay home and isolate for at least five days after testing positive. PPS is advising students to stay home if they have symptoms, but parents are not required to report if their student tests positive. Kids also don't need to isolate for a certain number of days. Portland Public Schools said that if there is an outbreak, every school has a plan in place. The Multnomah Education Service District will investigate any outbreaks and all PPS policies follow. Oregon Health Authority guidelines, and a spokesperson said the district will also report any unusual clusters of an illness such as COVID.
1: The Multnomah County Sheriff's Office wants to make you aware of a phone scam that has already bilked one victim out of $4,000. The department says most commonly the scam calls are from someone posing as a Multnomah County Sheriff's Office Sergeant or Deputy. It's been reported that the scammer claims the recipient has a warrant, unpaid court fines or has misused or missed jury duty and must pay a fine with a gift card immediately or be arrested. One tactic includes the scammers using fake badge numbers and case numbers to try to legitimize their claims. Now, the sheriff's office wants to remind folks that they never conduct matters concerning warrant service, missed jury duty, missed court dates, or payment of fines over the phone. So if you receive a call like this, do not engage the caller or send money and report it to the non-emergency sheriff's office phone number.
2: These types of stories get me a little hot because I know that they are targeting elderly, they're targeting the vulnerable, and they just, yeah, can talk their way Mm -hmm. into getting those gift cards. And with gift cards, There's no recourse. The money's gone.
1: Yeah, I know. got to be careful. Mm.
2: Multnomah County Sheriff deputies arrested a 44-year-old Portland man suspected of breaking into Portland Fires and Rescue Boathouse in Southeast Portland early Thursday, stealing a rescue boat and speeding the vessel to Kalama. It's about 43 miles northwest of where the boat went missing. Someone called Portland Fire and Rescue around 6 a.m. after one of their two water vessels, a rescue boat, was spotted speeding through a marina in a no-wake zone without its lights on. Portland Fire and Rescue tracked the boat's movements using its GPS device and located it all the way in Kalama. Members of the U.S. Coast Guard stopped the boat, took the man into custody. Uh, That's a long story hull for it is. a boat. I mean, he got up there 40 miles away, and then Coast Guard, though, <laughs> these guys, they got him tracked down and arrested.
1: In sports, all four Northwest schools head into a Saturday of college football, ranked in the top 25 in the country. Eighth-ranked, eighth-ranked Washington travels to Michigan for a 2 p.m. contest. that will be televised on the Peacock Network. 13th-ranked Oregon hosts Hawaii at 5 o'clock on the Pac-12 Network. 16th-ranked Oregon State entertains San Diego State in an afternoon game. That kicks off at 12.30 on FS1. And 23rd-ranked Washington State stays home against Northern Colorado for a 2 p.m. contest on the Pac-12 Network. All four Northwest schools are undefeated with identical records of 2-0. Can they all go 3-0?
2: Oh, wow, wouldn't that be fun. David, did you in your sporting days, did you ever follow a team or cover a team when they went on the road to some of these these big cities? Yeah, like oh Hawaii? yeah. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah. Uh several trips we went on. So, probably the most one of the most fun was when Oregon State played LSU in Baton Rouge.
2: Really? That was
1: an amazing trip. Got to go to Louisiana? Stayed in New Orleans and Baton Rouge, not far. You could drive to Baton Rouge from New Orleans. And uh, LSU, I mean, it's it's a whole nother deal. Right, Ru- uh, okay. take it up a notch there. It's a huge stadium and everybody, you know, just... There were 40,000 people tailgating who weren't going to the game.
2: Oh, they just show up they for the just, party with no tickets. They just
1: show up and tailgate. Oh, yeah. my goodness. 40,000.
2: <laughs> and then how many do you think this in the this stadium? The
1: stadium holds like 95,000. Whoa. Yeah, it's big.
2: That would be fun to go to sometime. That's LSU. When everything is going well, we easily attribute this success to our own excellent management and our relationship with God might be pushed to the back burner. When things begin to get hard, we often don't feel close to God either, perhaps questioning why he allowed this hardship. But in the hardest and darkest moments, it's common to feel strong sense of God's presence holding us up and helping us to carry this burden that is too great for us to bear alone. Because Christ suffered and died on this earth, he walks beside us in a deeply intimate way in these hardest moments. Similarly, the saints and Our Lady face sorrow and grief. While the world tells us to run from challenges and struggles, there is no saint who did not endure hardship on this earth. Our Lady of Sorrows, whose feast is today, is a powerful reminder that God and His beloved ones all endure sorrow. Their presence can bring consolation when our own grief comes. Many of us carry deep sorrow as we journey through life. Perhaps you struggle with a chronic illness and everyday tasks that are simple for others feel like an uphill battle for you. Perhaps you or a loved one are struggling with addiction, a private and unseen battle that feels hard and hopeless at times. Or perhaps someone you loved has died or you're dealing with infertility or your child just received a difficult diagnosis. Each of us has a different cross. But what is certain is that every person on this earth carries a cross of some kind. It's been said, be kind, for everyone you meet is fighting a hard battle.
1: I love Pope Francis' tweet of the day. Yes. He says, our lady of sorrows teaches us that if we maintain our relationship with God, life does not spare us suffering, rather it opens up to a great horizon of goodness and moves towards its fulfillment.
2: Mm. Amen.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's time to find out what's going on in our Catholic community.
2: Coming up on Monday at 4 o'clock, it's Catholic Women Professionals September Meetup via Zoom. Mark your calendars and save the date as CWP comes back together to meet with like-minded Catholic working women across the country. All are welcome. The agenda includes an opening prayer, welcome and self-intros, a discussion on Our Lady of Sorrows, then they close in prayer. Please register in advance to receive instructions for joining the Zoom meeting. And remember, you can find details on these and other events. Head over to the community calendar, materdayradio.com, and the Hail Mary Media app.
1: You know, talking about Our Lady of Sorrows, the Grotto, mm-hmm. 100 years. Not mm. amazing. Yes. Yeah. So anyway, Chris Blanchard, their executive director. We're going to have him on. Going to talk about that right after the forecast
9: This is Dina Marie of Faith Moments inviting you to join us at the 17th Annual Rosary Bowl Northwest, a Marian and Eucharistic celebration. To the Shepherd children in Fatima in 1917, Our Lady stressed the importance of praying the Rosary, asking the children to pray the Rosary every day for peace. And that's what we'll do together as a family of faith on Saturday, October 7th, the Feast of Our Lady of the Rosary at the East Salem Community Center. Doors open at 9 a.m. where you can visit our community resource tables and Eucharistic Miracles and Rosary exhibit. Holy Mass and Rosary begin at 10 a.m. with Bishop Peter Smith. The day includes the Knights of Columbus Exemplification Ceremony and keynote speaker, Dominican Priest, Father Brian Milady. It's free, it's fun, and it's for the entire family. For details, visit RosaryBowlNW.org. That's
11: RosaryBowlNW.org. See you there. Is your favorite rosary in need of repair? Or maybe you have an extra rosary or two that you would like to donate. The Rosary Repair Team at Holy Rosary Church would like to help. With a full treasure chest of beads, crucifixes, and centerpieces, they will look for just the right part for your rosary. The rosary repair team will also find a home for your extra rosaries, or they can use the parts to repair other rosaries. For more information on rosary repair, call 503 235 3163.
1: Hi, everyone. This is David from Otter Day Radio's Morning Blend. I would like to invite you to check out my new podcast, On The Go, where I have a chance to visit with coaches, musicians, artists, and more. We go a little bit more in-depth with the podcast, which hopefully gives you a little more insight into the good folks we talk to. It's On The Go, available on your favorite podcast platform or Monterey Radio's free Hail Mary media app. I'll talk to you soon. And it is 8:43 at Monterey Radio. Well, it looks like we got one more hot day, sunny skies, high of 91 degrees. Sunday, Saturday, a little cooler though, 85, and then partly sunny for Sunday. Going to be a beautiful day on Sunday, a high of 77. So uh, looking forward to that.
2: Currently, 40. Uh, excuse me. Currently, 63 degrees at the Proto Cathedral of Saint James the Greater in Vancouver,
1: and 63 degrees at Saint Mary's Cathedral in Portland.
2: There's so many places we can go here in the Portland area that inspire our faith. And one of those that I know many of us spend time is the beautiful national sanctuary of our sorrowful mother. We call it the grotto with a mere $3,000 as a down payment. The land was purchased and crowning the initiation of the project was a letter from Pope Pius XI, written in his own hand, imparting a special apostolic blessing to all those who in any way or measure show their goodwill and assistance in erecting the sanctuary of our sorrowful mother here in Portland. For a hundred years, people have come to the grotto to pray in their gardens, attend mass, get married, Even get their senior pitchers done there. And joining us today to tell us all about this year-long centennial celebration is their executive director, Chris Blanchard. Good morning, Chris. Thanks so much for joining us again today. And I'm sorry to say, I believe we've lost oh, Chris here. No. So I'm going to try to get him back on the phone. But David, you've spent a lot of time there at the grotto, oh, too.
1: the grotto is amazing. I mean, just to be able to walk in there. Number one, there's parking, too. So I think some people think, oh, boy, is there anywhere to anywhere to park? But they have a really nice parking lot. You can just drive in and park and then head into the grotto. And I mean, you are immediately struck by the beauty of it as you head into the woods and into the trail and you just walk through and just to look at everything you see there the beautiful statues the outdoor mass area that they have there the big cliff that's right there and of course they have the gift shops and all of those other things but i mean it's just a beautiful place to go and even in even in the warm weather you have the shade of the trees and it's just it's beautiful
2: well, I'm excited. We've got Chris Blanchard Brack. Chris, can you hear us this morning?
1: I've
18: got you. Thanks for calling. Let me call in.
2: Oh, well, thanks for joining us today. A hundred years. You think about the lives who have the souls who have spent time on the ground, the lives that have changed. It's a part of our Catholic faith here at the Grotto. You've got a great year of celebrations. It's kicking off this weekend. Tell us about the exciting news for your opening celebratory mass.
18: Well, we're happy that uh, we're going to be hosting our prior provincial, Father uh, Eugene Smith, who has flown in uh, from Chicago. So We're going to have an outdoor mass on Sunday uh, with, again, Father Eugene is going to be our celebrant. We're so excited that the Philippine Chorale, a local group, is going to sing and Celebrate Mass with us again. It's outdoors, right in front of the grotto, uh, which is what we're named for—our beautiful grotto. So I encourage everyone to come out and join us at noon on Sunday at the grotto.
1: I got to ask you, Chris, too. You know, when Brenda was talking in the open about the letter that the grotto received from the Pope, is that letter still around?
18: Oh yes, it's. Uh, we're we're not. Uh, Great at it, but we are pretty good at maintaining all of our archives and archival materials. And you know, a lot of that—I uh, think you you all know—we are creating a uh, an interpretive center where our visitor center is today. And it's those kind of historical documents and historical material that's going to be on display for the public. And we're hoping to open that next September as we
1: hit 100 years. Oh, wow, that is awesome. Yeah, I would love to see. I mean, you're talking about a century of history there. That is just amazing. And you think about the transformation of the grotto, and over the course of a century like that, it's pretty amazing.
18: Well, you know what? I We, we really love this connection with our uh, archbishops. Uh, I think a lot of your listeners already know that in 1924, when the grotto uh, officially opened, uh, it was a uh, mass was celebrated by then Archbishop Alexander Christie. So we're very excited that Archbishop Alexander Sample has agreed to celebrate our uh, mass next year on the actual 100-year uh, anniversary of the grotto. So we're going to bookend our Masses, the opening in the centennial with Archbishop Alexander's.
1: That's great.
2: Fantastic. Chris Blanchard is the executive director of the Grotto, joining us today for a year-long celebration. I like this, uh, Chris. When I have my birthday, I call it my birthday month, but for 100 years, the Grotto is celebrating starting now and culminating in one year on their anniversary next September. So during this year, I know that the planning has been going on for a while. What are some of the other things that are coming up, and what are you inviting the public to come and celebrate with you?
18: Well, of course, we. Uh, uh, I know that there's the Rosary Bowl going to be going on uh, at the Feast of Our Lady of Rosary, but at the Grotto on Saturday, October 7th, after our noon Mass, we're going to invite the public to join us to pray the dolar Rosary, uh, either indoors, if that's your preference, or outdoors upstairs in the upper gardens along the Piematras. Uh, then in December, during, at the Feast of Our Lady of Guadalupe, we're excited that we are going to be uh, visited by Mexican Servite, uh, prior provincial is going to come up, and he is going to celebrate the feast with us, so I know that'll be exciting for uh, the Latino community, and then each month, uh, Brenda, we're we're trying to get something going that will help uh, amplify the excitement, uh, focus on the, the celebration. For example, National Blood Donor Month is in January, and you probably know We do two, three, four blood drives at the grotto every month. So we're going to focus on one day in January to collect 100 units of blood. So excited about that. February, we want to collect 100 blankets, 100 coats, 100 pair of socks, 100 uh, sets of gloves in support of Catholic Charities and the Blanchet House and the wonderful work they're doing. So that's just an example of a few of the things that we have going on month to month in this, our centennial year.
1: How about 100,000 lights? that ring a bell to you?
18: Oh, that's not quite enough, David. I think we'll have a million, <laughs> Wow! Uh, as we did last year. Yes, the uh, Christmas Festival of Lights is upcoming. And again, thanks for mentioning that, because I don't want to have other things that we do month to month get lost. Uh October 3rd, Tuesday, Katie O'Brien from uh, Rosehaven Women's Shelter is going to join us at our monthly Mass Lunch and Learn, uh, which you can sign up for on our website, and of course, the first Saturday of every month, uh, we have our St. Peregrine Mass, uh, where families can come, uh, those who are ill with terminal illnesses, or any illness can come and uh, receive a blessing uh, uh, from the uh, from our friars, and have an opportunity to uh, venerate the relic of
2: Saint. Peregrine. Absolutely beautiful. If it's been a while since you've been to the grotto, this is the year to make a little pilgrimage out there. Visit our Servite priest and join in on this centennial celebration. Chris, thanks so much for joining us today. Uh, Happy birthday year. And uh, we'll be in touch because so many, as you said, so many great things going on throughout the year to celebrate this centennial. Thank you so much for your time today.
18: And thank you guys and for the great partnership we have with Modern Day Radio. God bless you.
2: God bless you, too. And again, that is Chris Blanchard, Executive Director at The Grotto. If you go to Modern Day Radio Community Calendar, you'll also see a little additional link that says Grotto Centennial. There, we're going to continue to post all of the exciting events that they have coming up
5: Please join me, Deacon Harold Burke-Sivers, and other listeners of Modern Day E-Radio as we pray an act of charity. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Oh my God, I love you above all things with my whole heart and soul, because you are all good and worthy of all my love. I love my neighbor as myself, for the love of you I forgive all who have injured me and I ask pardon of those whom I have injured amen in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit amen
6: for more prayer resources and to let us know how we can pray for your intentions please visit us online at (coughs)
12: materdayradio.com
19: Would you like to gain a deeper understanding of the Holy Mass? Hello, this is Terry Ross. Join me on Mater Day Radio each Saturday afternoon at 4 and Sunday afternoon at 2 for the glory of the Mass. Every weekend we'll explore the rich history of sacred music within the Catholic liturgy. Increase your appreciation for the beauty and sanctity of Catholic sacred music with the glory of the Mass Saturday and Sunday afternoons on Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life.
0: Have some coffee and take the morning blend with you anywhere you go. Listen to the podcast at materdayradio.com. And it
1: is 855 in Mater Dei Radio. Take one last look at your forecast as we head into the weekend. Sunny today, going to be hot, 91 degrees Clear overnight tonight, low of 58, and then sunny again for Saturday, looking pretty nice, high of 85. Sunday, see a little cool down, partly sunny skies, high of 77. It is currently 64 degrees in the Rose City.
2: And we can use this right now. Here is Crowder, let it rain. And we are the Morning Blend right here at Day Radio.
1: Crowder featuring Mandisa and Let It Rain. It's 859 at Matri-Day Radio. Well, that is going to wrap it up for the Morning Blend for the week. David and Brenda with you. Thank you so much for joining us all week long. We do appreciate it. So a new view from the pew
2: tonight? Yes. We're going to talk about how meaningful it is to pray For each other. Oh, yeah. We actually have a good discussion about it and how to remember to do that.
1: Yeah, it's very nice.
2: That is going to wrap it up for us on the Morning Blend. We hope you have a very blessed weekend and stay cool. Morning Blend will be back on Monday.